following is a production of Word Alive Creative Arts. Welcome to the podcast of Word Alive International Outreach in Oxford, Alabama, an apostolic center for transformation and freedom. We pray today that you will be blessed and strengthened by this powerful message. I'm very excited to, to be here as we continue on our 40 days of favor journey. Kent sends his love. He's in Orlando with Pastor Craig this morning, uh, Kevin Craig preaching. And uh, I just really believe that we have got just an amazing morning ahead of us. So how are y'all doing this morning? All right. So you like shaking it off? You like out with the old and in with the new? I love that. So the season of Elul, when the king is in the field, this is our time to really embrace everything that God is doing for us. Last week, Kent taught us that there are four points that keep us stuck. And we should have, okay, can I tell you all something funny? Kent said, Bev, he said, do you want slides? I said, I have a graphic tee. I don't need slides. He goes, <laughs> he goes no, really. He said, let technology work for you, babe. And I'm like, I think this is working for me just fine. What do y'all think? It's in the house. So our, our uh, four points are that keep us stuck, our narrative, our brain, our body, and our environment. I told Kent that he brings such an amazing word every single week that we could take a whole year and just study one message and get something revelatory out of it every single time. We rush past all of this amazing feast that he brings for us. And so I'm going to just hover over our narrative for a bit and how we are transitioning from being informed to being transformed. So today, Holy Spirit, speak through me to your people. Lord, we've come to hear every single thing that you have to say. Share it just the way that you gave it to me, Lord, because it was so good. Now, Lord, open our hearts, open our spirits to receive, and we give you all of the glory and all of the honor in advance in Jesus' mighty name. So according to Job 22:28, we will declare a matter and it shall be established. We declare and decree that we have an open heaven and we are here not to be informed but to be transformed. And we acknowledge transformation occurs through action. And to, this morning we've already shaken it off. That's what action looks like. It's putting one foot in front of the other and keeping going. Even if sometimes it seems like we're just going in a circle, as long as that circle is going forward, we're moving, baby. You got that? It's action. It's change. It's making the decision that we're not going to stay stuck in our own inner dialogue. So we are transformed and we acknowledge transformation takes action. Metamorpho emphasizes a total change from the inside out. This compound verb is comprised of meta, implying change, and morph, meaning form. This is where our word metamorphosis comes from. This transformation refers to an invisible process by which we undergo an unceasing and progressive spiritual change as we become the image of Christ by Holy Spirit. It has been said that when we begin to look at something differently, it changes. But I don't think that's the case. 
I think we begin to change. Therefore, what we're looking at no longer has any power over us because we have changed. The circumstance may not have changed. Ken said it so powerfully. Last week, we were worshiping and praising in our home because things happen, guys. Things happen, and a lot of things we absolutely have no control over. We can't fix everything, even though, let me tell you, there was a time that I really, really believed that we could. I believed we could fix everything, that there was a solution to everything. But that's not how God does things. He doesn't allow everything to be fixed immediately. So as we were praising in our house, the circumstance did not change. But let me tell you what happened to us. We had exceeding great joy in the midst of a terrible trial, in the midst of something that was absolutely devastating. We were able to hold our heads high and trust that God is going to have the solution even though we cannot fix it. Does that resonate with anybody else in this house this morning? Let it go. Shake it off. You can't fix everything, but you can still have great joy in the middle of the trial. Now this morning I'm asking you, do you want to be transformed? This is what it looks like. Romans 12.2 reminds us, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The present passive verb indicates that a person cannot, cannot bring about a change by his own activity. As our minds are being made new by the spiritual input of God's word, prayer, and fellowships, our lives are continually being transformed. That's that walking it out, you guys. It's going forward and not stopping and not allowing the enemy, no matter what is thrown at you, to trip you up, throw you down, tear you down, destroy you. you got to just do this one thing. You hop over it. And then you hop over it again. And by God, if you just got to keep hopping like Peter Rabbit down that bunny trail, you just keep going. You step over it. And you allow God to affect the change. Are we ready to transition into our position? We all wear so many hats in this life. And we have so many spinning plates. And there are so many parts to this complex, complicated human existence. And we're the sum of our stories. But we have to know as we're jumping over these things and as we're moving forward, who we are. When our known becomes unknown, we are not moved from our position back to our old condition. I'm going to say it again. We are not moved back to where we were or who we were. We stand firm in the position. Listen, guys, even if we've just taken a little tiny, tiny bit of territory, come on now. It's ours. It's our territory. God has told us to pitch our tents and to extend our stakes out, you see. And so even if we just take that little bit of land back, 
If we have one situation where that child comes to us and says, you know what? I just can't live like this anymore. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know what's going to affect the change. But I can't keep living my life like this. They may not be totally free, but let me tell you what. They've taken a step forward. And that doesn't mean there might not come a time when there's a step backward. But my God, that territory in between is ours. Oh, and now listen, I'm going to go ahead and tell y'all that hate it when I get loud. I have promised myself. I have promised myself that this human shofar is going to keep the sound contained within the vessel today. But I have to tell you when I start to get a preach on, my God, my God, my God. I can't contain this power. I can't contain what he's done for me. I can't contain all that he's broken through and brought us through. I want to tell somebody. It makes me want to tear my clothes and say, can you see what God has done for me? Can you see what he wants to do for you? I can't contain it. I can't shut it down. Oh, my God, I'm there. Lord, you promised me I was going to stay calm. He is not a man that he would lie. Jesus came to us in our poor, broken, devastated, decimated, destroyed, disappointed condition so that he can change our position. But what do we do when our present does not look like his promise? He wants to seed our sphere of influence with his presence, his power, and his provision. Now, guys, I'm going to tell you straight up. This is probably about as close as it's going to get to me following the slides. So if they up there and y'all enjoying them, I'm happy for you. But this, it's in the house. It's in the house. So I'm hope. thank you. They're doing great. I, I love y'all. I apologize in advance. We are created to be God's very expression of himself in the earth. As we transition and metamorphose, we are formed in the image of Christ. And with that change... We have everything we need to overcome every adversity. Now listen, for years, we've been in this thing a long time. We've been in ministry for 32 years. We've had this church, founded it, breathed life into it, trusted God. We've been here, as Jeremy said, for 19 years. Can we just give God some glory for that? 19 years! He has never failed us yet. He has never left 
us. We've never gone a month without paying a bill. I'm not saying sometimes it'd get a little sketchy and we were like, oh my God, are you coming or not? He's never failed us. We've never gone hungry. We've never gone without shelter. We've never gone without clothes on our back. We've never gone without support. We've never gone without the love of our community, the love of our children. My God, what a blessing. What a blessing. And y'all are all part of that. Every prophecy that came in those early years, and even later, the prophets would say, everything you need is in the house. Everything you need is in the house. And I'm looking at all of y'all and I'm going, my God, y'all look good. You loaded. You got all kinds of gifts. I need all that love, that support, financial blessing, everything that y'all bring to the table. What a gift you are. And that's exactly how I understood the prophecies because it was about the church. Everything for us is about the kingdom and building God's people and building this work and expanding the kingdom and taking just those little tiny bits, those little increments of territory. Every little inch counts and matters. And as I prayed into that, I was so thankful for the blessing that you all are because you are the house, you see. But then the Lord took me just a little bit deeper and he spoke so clearly to me everything we need is in the house everything we need is in the house I want you right now and I want you to pat yourself and I want you to say it's in the house it's your house, you see. God has downloaded you with every single thing that you need to not only be a success, but to be significant, to affect change, to make things happen, to keep jumping over adversity, to keep moving forward, to keep taking territory, to keep extending your tent pegs. Say it again. It's in the house. You are the house. And you know how I know it? 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 15 tells me this. If you only look at us, you may well miss the brightness. We carry this precious treasure, this deposit, this wealth, this spiritual gift of the heart in the unadorned clay pots of our ordinary lives. That's to prevent anyone from confusing God's incomparable power within us. As it is... There's not much chance of that. You know for yourselves, we're not much to look at. We've been surrounded and battered by troubles, but we're not demoralized. We're not sure what to do, but we know that God knows what to do. We've been spiritually terrorized, but God hasn't left our side. We've been thrown down, but we haven't been broken. Every detail works to your advantage and to God's glory. More and more grace and more and more people and more and more praise. That's what we are carrying around in our house. In our unadorned clay vessels. We carry a treasure on the inside of us that nobody can take away from us. Listen, I didn't understand all that for the longest time. You know, like probably so many of you, I was always searching for God out here somewhere. 
Even though he had revealed himself to me, he had made himself so real. I was still looking for him in the different experiences, even that we have here in church, and the anointing, and prayer, and revelation, and prophecy. But God assures me that everything that we need, and when we talk to him, it comes from the inside out. It's not coming from out there. It's coming from in here. Because we are made in his express image. And so as I was on this journey, I turned 63 in August this year. And two years, oh yeah. Old girl's getting on up there now, let me tell you. And can't keep saying crazy stuff to me like, baby, we've just begun. <laughs> baby, we're just getting the foundation started. I'm like, baby, <laughs> baby, hey, baby. <laughs> You know, people in ministry don't ever retire. They just keep going. I'm like, oh, baby. It's all good. It's in the house. You know how Kenny is? Listen, y'all, he does not stop. I mean, he just does not stop, and he really firmly believes that. I mean, we are just getting started. So you crowd better fasten your seatbelt. You ain't seen nothing yet. We're about to enter into the one of the most glorious times in the kingdom of God you've ever seen. So, thank you, sir. I will. So, for my 61st birthday, which was two years ago, Kent gave me a framed blank sheet of paper. It was wrapped in a beautiful box had beautiful bows. It was very, very, very pretty. And I was thoroughly confused when I opened it up. And he said, babe, I'm giving you this blank sheet of paper because I want you to know that you can do anything, go anywhere, and be anybody that you want to be. That's very sweet. Very, very sweet. I said, dude, <laughs> do you know how old 61 years old is? And I was like, Sarah, I laughed a little. <laughs> I was like, wink, wink, wink. And he said, oh, yeah. He said, you're young. He said, you're just getting started, and you've got a beautiful journey ahead of you. And I'm like, it's one of those moments in my life when I went, well, how, how far am I going to go? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean I, look, y'all, I'm, I'm appreciative of the next 10, 20 years, however much longer the Lord allows me to be on the earth. But, I mean, he was so sincere and meant every bit of it that I can be anybody that I want to be. I can go anywhere I want to go. And I can do anything that I want to do. And then... Even in the moment as I'm realizing, what he's saying to me is, I love you. I see you. I appreciate you. I thank God for you. And even though maybe we don't always say those things in exactly those words, it's important for me to share that with you today on your 61st birthday. And this is what God told me to do for you. I understood it. And then all of a sudden, this amazing vista opened up to me. 
And that blank sheet of paper became this incredible canvas where God was showing me all of the gifts that he had placed on the inside of me while I have been being a mom and a wife and a grandmother and being your spiritual leader and doing everything that I knew to do that was the right thing to do. But I never in any of the spaces in between thought about what do I want to do? Where do I want to go? Who do I want to be? What can my life look like? Who am I? These are questions that I never really pondered because, guys, I'm going to tell you, and there are a lot of you in this auditorium with me today that will understand this. I was headed to so much devastation in my life before I met Christ Jesus. I was headed to destruction. Do you understand I mean, it was a clear path. If I'd have kept going, there's no way I could have lived. Would I ever even have known the blessings that God has for me? The good things that he had prepared for me. The life that he has allowed me to live. And I've been so filled with gratitude and thankfulness and appreciation. It never occurred to me that I should have anything else but just this. I'm so thankful to be alive in the kingdom of God today and serving him and being a part of this glorious kingdom. That I didn't end up dead in a ditch or in a crack house or a meth house. I never knew anything about any of that, you see, because he snatched me out. My testimony carried me this far so that I can stand in front of those of you who have had those experiences and say, don't stop now. Don't give up now. You see, you're on the precipice of something great. God has so much more for you. Don't give up now. There's an entire people group out there that needs you. They need your love. They need your experience. They need to know where you've been. That's what that blank piece of paper did for me, you see. It released me. I didn't even know I was waiting to be released. But I was. And so here's what I want to encourage you to do. Understand that there's wisdom in waiting. Not everything happens overnight. Not everything's a little ping. Not everything's going through a drive-through. Not everything happens instantaneously. You see, there are those of us that while we've been waiting, he's been doing such a work on the inside of us. Things that we didn't even know that we needed to be healed from. Things that we had so long ago repressed and pushed down. And we didn't want to let on surface because we didn't want to deal with the pain. He's preparing you. And while we've been walking around in our going about our day, everyday lives, that work that he has begun is continuing to move and shape you and change you and transform you into the image of Christ Jesus, his son. He's moved us out of all of those defeatist cycles because he knows that just like Isaiah 53, 19 tells us, 
we cannot be contained in an old wineskin or an old way of doing things because he's doing a new thing. Can you not see it? Do you not see this new thing springing up? See, I'm doing a new thing, and I am making a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Hallelujah. Say it with me. It's in the house. You've got every bit of that on the inside of you. Every good and perfect gift that comes down from the Father with no variableness of turning or shadow. He has placed all of this on the inside of you. 1 Corinthians 10, 1-5 tells us this. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and all did eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not well pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. No matter what your wilderness looks like right now, don't give up. This is a cautionary tale for us because we don't want to be overthrown in the wilderness. It seems like there was quite a bit of grumbling and complaining from the Israelites and they just could not see the end game of what God was doing. Now, I know that none of y'all grumble or complain. Oh, I could go there. Or B-I-T-C-H. I know there's children in the house. I'm just telling you. You know what it's like. You know, and especially in our relationships, cut each other some slack, for goodness sakes. How is it you think that everybody else is supposed to be getting everything right when you're still in the struggle yourself? Come on, ease up. Don't murmur and complain, and especially don't talk about each other. Come on, support one another. We all go through hard times. We all fail. The thing about failing in this realm, it's like maybe you weren't ever supposed to be doing that in the first place, which I'm going to get to that in just a minute. So I'm just saying, if you failed at something, try something else. Don't blame somebody else for what happened. Look at it as the opportunity that it is to do something that you really love doing. Oh, yeah, you can clap on that one. But honestly, when your present does not look like your promise and you don't know when your wilderness experience is going to end, you think that you're being punished while you're waiting. It took me years to understand I was not being punished. I had been promoted. So for all of us who are waiting, and all of us are in some stage of waiting for something to happen, understand that we have to learn while we're waiting and that it is wise to study and to learn and to listen and to not grumble and complain and think that there is a punishment taking place. God's in the process of promoting you to the position that he delivered you from your condition for. Amen? Amen. 
According to Romans 8, 37, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Your race is now. This is your time in history. We have been handed the baton of faith and favor and have been entrusted to carry it forward. So how do we overcome? This is one of my signature memorial scriptures, Revelation 12, 11. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Come on now. It's in the house. Say it with me. It's in the house. We were made for more. Use what you've already been gifted with for your hopes, your dreams, and your thoughts and the plans that God has already downloaded you with to bless the world around you. We have to challenge the false stories and the narratives that we tell ourselves about ourselves. Fear, feelings, anxieties, doubts. When you start to feel negative feelings, it's easy to want to withdraw because they don't feel good. We hate them. We hate pain. We've actually, we, we've been raised in a, the generations since I've been walking on the earth. Nobody wants to feel pain, and we go to such length to avoid it. You don't want to deal with it. You repress it. You pretend it never happened. You stick it down inside of you somewhere. And let me tell you something about that. Sooner or later, oh, it's going to come to the surface. And it's going to come to the surface hard. So one of the things about self-care is learning how to deal with our pain and the things that have gone on in our lives that have brought us to the point that we are now. Not repressing them. Taking them out. Looking at them. Understanding that there's a reason that we go through some of the things that we do. We may not understand it at the time, but God has a purpose. Because we are ultimately going to end up comforting Someone with the same comfort that we have been comforted with. Amen? We have to process, not repress, the painful things that happen to us in life. This faith walk is not about what you are or who you are. It's about who he is in you. Say it again. It's in the house. You have everything you need to become who you are designed to be. Jesus came to manifest a heaven-to-earth lifestyle. He walked with the Father, and he knew his presence always, just like we have the opportunity to do in our everyday, walking around, normal lives, in our unadorned clay vessels. We have the same access by the Holy Spirit of the living God that Jesus Christ did to our Heavenly Father. Don't negate that. And don't wait for someone else to do it for you. Talk to him like a friend talks to a friend face to face. Tell him how you really feel. He knows when you're mad. He knows when you're happy. He knows when you're demanding. He knows when you're acting like a spoiled, rotten brat. He absolutely knows every single one of these. And there's not a person in this room that does not whinge and whine on occasion. I'm just telling you straight up, I know it. And I know it because I am one. I'm a human being. I whinge and I whine. Mostly I just talk to God about it because in our household there's just too much to be happy about. I'm just telling you the straight up truth. I had a young man tell me yesterday, he goes, you know, you and Pastor Kent never seem to be in a bad mood. And I said, well, uh, it's not so much that we don't ever have the opportunity. You know, and I sounded very teacherly when I said it. It's not that we don't have the opportunity, but the truth is we choose to overcome. We choose to not allow negativity. We choose to not allow devastating news. We choose to not allow disappointment and disillusionment and despondency and depression to steal our joy. 
We choose, and you have the same capability to choose. He walked with the Father, and he knew his presence always. He practiced abiding, and he lived in the truth of it, and he spoke from the grace of it. As we acknowledge that we already have everything we need, as we acknowledge that we have everything that we need, we have uh, the confident hope by the power of the Holy Spirit, just as Romans 15, 13 describes. Oh, may the God of great hope fill you with joy, fill you with peace, so that your bleeding lives filled with the life-giving energy of the Holy Spirit will brim over with hope. All right, now, so look, some of y'all are looking at me like, wow, where is she getting all of that stuff from? It's in the Bible. <laughs> I'm getting it from the Bible. <laughs> it's the Word of God. Y'all looking at me like, what book is she reading? I've never heard that before. It's the Bible. Basic instruction before leaving earth. Where is it? It's in the house. So if you have the Word of God hidden in your heart as part of your treasury, then when you find yourselves in adverse circumstances, then you can say stuff like this, Oh, may the God of great hope fill you with joy, fill you with peace, so that your believing lives filled with the life-giving energy of the Holy Spirit will brim over with hope. You have that in your arsenal as part of your weaponry. The Word is sharper than a two-edged sword. It's a shield of faith. 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 I'm reading from the Bible. Even now, right this very moment, God is revealing his plans for us. That's what this whole chat with y'all has been about today. So that you understand, he's not over there. He's not far away. It's like Deuteronomy says, I've set before you life and death, blessings and curses. It's not as far away as the ocean. It's not as high as a mountain. It's right here in your own mouth. I tell you today, choose life and choose now. This is what life looks like. I am what life looks like. In my 63-year-old unadorned clay vessel, this is what it looks like. It looks like joy. It looks like strength. It looks like hope. It looks like mercy. It looks like grace. It looks like love. This is what it looks like. Where is it? Thank you. Now look at your neighbor and tell them. It's in your house. He's revealing his plans for us and in us to move into greater places of freedom. We must focus on what we're already gifted and good at. Leave everything else alone, y'all. Just figure out what it is. And I'm going to give you a little hint. When you were a kid and you used to have this incredible imagination and you could do anything, you could have been anybody, just like that blank piece of paper that Kent gave me. He, he thinks I'm still a kid. He thinks I still have that great imagination. And you want to know something? He's absolutely right. I absolutely do. But remember when you were a kid and you thought you could do anything, and you, you did. You built forts out of little tree branches. 
You, you, you built houses out of mud. Your friends, you made them dress up in all kinds of crazy stuff, pails on their head. You used all kinds of things as swords. You were knights. You were firemen. You were policemen, right? You were sports figures. Of course, back in the day, we didn't have all the stuff we got going on now. You just kicked a football. <laughs> it was much easier then. Figure out what you love and do that. Hey, look, I'm not saying that you can make a living at it in the beginning, but what if you could? What if your imagination really gave you such a creative idea and concept that all of a sudden you're like, hey, I think I could support myself doing this. I think I could really have a job doing something that I love. What about that? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Oh, bless y'all's hearts. You don't believe me. You want to. I feel it. I feel the love. I do. I feel it. But really, it's true. It's like everything else. You have to take baby steps. Baby steps. Baby steps. Figure out what you love and try doing that. I like making stuff from nothing. I like taking anything and repurposing it and giving it new life. I like to cook. I like to write. I like to read. I love. I love. I love. I love. I love. I love to love. And so I do those things. And they make me very happy. And I'm very satisfied when I've created something from nothing. Try it. It'll change your whole perspective on life. If you're not a great cook, go to a good restaurant. <laughs> if you don't like to repurpose stuff, you know, shop. I mean, honestly, if you feel animosity towards your neighbors, try extending love. And you don't have to do it up close and in person. I understand that might get scary. But send love. Feel love toward them. Extend peace and mercy and grace. And it's not just people in your neighborhood. It's all of our neighbors. It's, it's everyone that we come into contact with. Yes, that's... You're kingdom people. You have great gifts on the inside of you. Figure out what they are and start utilizing them. It'll bring you so much peace and joy and happiness that you won't even be able to contain it. You'll be wanting to tell me. You'll be saying, Bev, you're not going to believe. And I'm like, oh, but I do. I do believe. You see, I believe that God will do everything that he has promised us that he's going to do. He's going to bring our children back. He's going to give us our health back. He's going to get us out of this poverty and systemic debt. He's going to turn our lives around. And how is he going to do it? One piece of territory at the time. One move forward at the time. All right, I've only got 15 more pages of notes, so y'all just bear with me. <laughs> Don't waste time and energy striving to be who you were never called to be. When we lose focus, 
The most effective way to resist negative forces and demonic strongholds is to draw near to God. But you know what we do? We go in exactly the opposite. We, you know what we do? We go all Adamic. It's like when Adam ate the apple and he was naked and he was like, oh, I can't hang out with you today, dude, I'm naked. God's like, who said you're naked? How do you even know what naked means? We do exactly the same thing. It's like, oh, sorry, dude, I blew it. I'm a terrible human being. I can't hang out with you today because I did something really stupid yesterday or five minutes ago. But that's when we press in, you see. We're going to keep right on doing stupid things. I hate to be the one to tell you all that. We're going to keep on making mistakes, and we're going to keep on blowing it, and we're going to keep on having failures. It's all in how you choose to look at them. Turn that frown upside down. Start looking at the world with a big smile on your face and say, oh, I blew that. But you know what? I've learned a great lesson from it. I don't want to do that again. Uh-uh. I don't want to be walking around naked in the garden with a fig leaf on <laughs> fully clothed and in my right mind I want to have a conversation with God and I can tell him how upset I am I can tell him what I don't like but then I can say okay now I got that off my system your turn come here let me <laughs> that's how we are anyway we got to get it all off our chest and then it's like okay now tell me tell me what's really going on Lord and that's just how you talk to him just like that in the midst of your biggest defeats and your worst faux pas and when you're feeling absolutely the worst about yourself. That's when you need to be in his presence most. When you need to take action, he will guide you by his spirit and his word. We have to make the decision that we will be invincible, not invisible. We're not going to procrastinate, speculate, arbitrate, or negotiate. We demand and we demand loudly that everything that God has promised us is our portion. We stand on his word. We believe in his promise. We're not going back to our old condition because he's positioned us to walk in authority, to pull on where? It's in the house to pull on all of the good gifts that he's already given us and manifest those in the earth. So say loudly, it's mine. it's mine. Oh, I think you can say it louder than that. It's mine. That's exactly right. Therefore, we mandate, appropriate, and accelerate taking back all of our territory. And being beat down does not negate our turnaround. Come on now. <laughs> We're all going to get beaten down. But we rise and we shall rise again. So as we embark upon this and understand that every good thing that God has planned for us, he's already deposited on the inside of us, we declare abundant blessings spiritually, emotionally, relationally, and financially to overtake every stronghold in the mighty name of Jesus. Let every cycle of lack, drought, and barrenness be broken and the floodgates of heaven be open to you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Woo! Shake it off. Woo! It's in the house. Now, I love this because we've talked a lot about our clay vessels and being unadorned, but this is what God says about us in Colossians 3, 10 through 20. Now you're dressed in a new wardrobe. 
Every item of your new way of life is custom made by the creator with his label on it. You're not going to get much better than that, boys and girls. Got his label on it. All the old fashions are now obsolete. Words like Jewish and non-Jewish, religious and irreligious, insider and outsider, rebel and victor, uncivilized and uncouth, slave and free mean nothing. From now on, everyone is defined by Christ. Everyone is included in Christ. So chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline. Be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense, Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other in step with one another. None of this going off and doing your own thing and cultivate thankfulness. Let the word of Christ, the message, our treasure have run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense. And sing, sing your hearts out to God. Let every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of the Master, Jesus. Thanking God the Father every step of the way. Wives, understand and support your husbands by submitting to them in ways that honor the master. Husbands, go all out in love for your wives. Don't take advantage of them. Children, do what your parents tell you. This delights the master. All-purpose garment. Put on love. Wear it at all times. It's got a, it's got a designer God-made label on the back of it. I love everything about that. Now, temptations and contradictions come in different sizes, shapes, and intervals. The intention of the enemy is to suck you into, and me, into negative force field that depletes your energy, steals your joy, and basically just crushes the life out of you. However, your joy, your samach, delight, exceeding joy, festive, gladness, happiness, mirth, pleasure, rejoicing, in who you know that you are leads you out triumphantly every time. Joy is the official voice of faith. Joy comes from a strengthened position to lead, to officially appoint to a position of authority, to lead with distinguished authority. Joy is our garment of praise. James 1-2 tells us, count it all joy. And according to 1 Corinthians 15-57, therefore we fight for this joy from a place of victory, not headed toward victory. So remember, all of that is where it's in the house. So if we need physical healing today, it's in the house. If you need emotional healing, it's in the house. Whatever we need, breakthrough, joy, peace, mercy, health, love, it's in the house. So say it with me one more time. Where is it? It's in the house. Come on now, let's give God some glory for that. That was fun. That's right. I want to say the one last part that, that we have today that I think is really the reason that we're all here. 
uh, I was praying for you all as I knew that I was going to bring this word. And I really, I said, Lord, we all deal with so much in this world that we live in. There's just such negativity surrounding us. And I've come to understand something about being a spirit-led spiritual person. And I really want you to hear this because once we really come to understand the power of Holy Spirit and we are functioning in that gifting, it opens us up to other realms. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So I want you to be particularly cognizant over this next period as we transition from a lull into our next season that a lot of the thoughts that you have and a lot of the emotions that you experience are not yours. I really want you to hear what I'm saying. You have to guard your mind and guard your heart and understand the difference of something that is really manifesting in you because of something that has occurred or something that has made you unhappy or uncomfortable as opposed to someone else's energy that they bring into your life that all of a sudden you're picking up on a radar, on a spiritual radar that has absolutely nothing to do with you. This is very, very important in this season that we are living in. And so as I was praying for, the, for you the other evening and, and how I wanted to flow in Holy Spirit as the healing part of this message begins to manifest, he asked me to do something. And um, I, I'm not really uh, usually the person that leads people in repentance, a prayer of repentance. Um, I think that people have a different understanding of repentance than what Kent and I uh, we get a lot of questions about that. Why don't you have altar calls? Well, we do when we're led by the Spirit of God. You see, it's not always time for that. There's a time and a season for everything. But the thing about repentance is re literally means to uh, do it again and again. You just do it again and again. And pent literally means to change one's mind. So we have to change our minds over and over and over again. But today, I felt very strongly that the Holy Spirit of God, the living God, asked me to have all of us repent for the negativity that we speak over ourselves. This is why we're hovering on the narrative part. Because we can't really move much past body and emotions until we get this narrative right. Amen? Amen? And the thing about this practice, because it is a practice, you have to practice doing this. But today is the very beginning of it. And I want you literally, I want you to stand up. change our minds many times about many things but today our Heavenly Father wants you to change your mind about you if you could only see yourself 
the way that he sees you. (laughs) He is so proud of you. You are created in his express image. You are here doing the work of the Father on the face of the earth. Every person's life that you come into contact with, he sees them through your eyes and they see him in you. So today is a very simple prayer. Lord, we repent for judging ourselves, for finding ourselves less than, always worrying about what somebody else thinks about us, always wondering if we're good enough. Are we going to measure up? Is our past going to identify us for the rest of our lives? Are we ever going to shake, shake, shake it off? All of the things that have happened to us, the bad choices. But see, here's the thing about that. You've made some amazing choices along the way as well. Or you wouldn't be standing here this morning. You wouldn't be that person that everybody that you know comes to when they're falling apart. All of these gifts that are already being demonstrated in your life, that are already on the inside of you, all of those have been working all along. But for whatever reason it is about our human nature and our ongoing inner dialogue and our personal narrative, we never see the good things that God has placed on the inside of us. So today, as we repent from judgment of ourselves, I release you to understand you are made in the image of Christ. You are marvelous. You were formed in your mother's womb, and he knew you before you ever took your first breath. His plans and his positioning have not gone by the wayside. Every single thing that he's ever shown you, every single thing he's ever promised you. Now listen, I'm going to have a little caveat right here. Now just because you heard it one way and you interpreted it one way doesn't necessarily mean that's what God said. Now I want y'all to get that straight right now, (laughs) okay? I know we're in a holy moment here, but here's a lot of things about interpretation. You have to believe what God said to us in the Word. And our lives align with the Word of God. And He blesses us according to His Word. Amen. So we can add a lot of things to it. But what God has promised us according to Psalm 8411. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And everything else beyond that is just a blessing. Amen. Those are the things that he has promised us, certainly. Amen? So, Father God, as we release your precious spirit, Father, I ask you to come and just pour your love out on us. Just pour your love out on us, Almighty God. And, Father, I repent for judging myself harshly, and not seeing the great work that you've been doing on the inside of me. So Lord, now I release that anointing that we can all walk in the freedom and the liberty to be exactly who you've created us to be and to be the blessing in the earth that you designed us to be. Lord, we give you all the glory and all the honor. We bless your holy name.
So, Lord, we repent and we do it again and again and again as you change us into the image of your precious Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. This has been a presentation of Word Alive International Outreach, 122 Allendale Road, Oxford, Alabama. Reach us by phone at 256-831-5280 or at our website, wordalive.org. This has been a production of Word Alive Creative Arts.